Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Baseball is back. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. As always, it's a pleasure to be with you. Hope you're having a fantastic start to your Friday and hope that your weekend is getting off to a great start as well. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the Road to Atlanta Podcast, a great new podcast from site manager Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert. All of these great sources of content can be found at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit the subscribe button, and I'm, I'm literally telling you the truth when I say basically every day you're likely to get new and great content from the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And yes, the Braves begin the second half of their schedule tonight as they welcome the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim to Truist Park. But Thursday was a fun news day for the Braves when it came to their 2022 MLB draft. The first few signings of the Braves were announced, and they were a few of the more interesting opportunities for the Braves when it came to their signings. Three particular signings came from Cole Phillips, who was the Braves' third overall pick, Adam Mayer from Oregon, who was the Braves' seventh-round pick, and Drake Baldwin, a catcher out of Missouri State, who was the Braves' fifth overall pick. Phillips and Mayer are two of the more interesting arms of the Braves draft class. It looks like many consider both of those players to be potential great value picks for the Braves based off where they were selected because both players, uh, you know, unfortunately suffered, you know, injuries to their arms this over the past uh, 6 to 12 months, and so their stock may have been a bit down, which allowed for the Braves to be able to potentially get good value where they selected them. But with the, these signings, it does appear that the Braves are on track to be able to perhaps even sign their whole class. Make sure you stick with BatteryPower.com for the latest on all the different, all all the potential signings of the Braves draft picks. Hopefully, here over the next week or so, we'll get the announcement that perhaps even the entire draft class for the Braves has signed. But of course, while it's exciting to see. New talent coming to the organization. It's also exciting to see what's in store for the second half of the Brave seasons following a first half of the season where basically over the last two months of the first half of the season, the Braves were arguably the best team in baseball and they had one of their best first halves of uh, of a season in quite a while. But the crazy thing is, is that despite the fact 
that the Braves had one of their best first halves in recent memory, they're still two and a half games behind the New York Mets in the NL East. Obviously, they've closed the gap quite a bit, and it definitely is going to be a fun race, especially when you consider the fact that the two teams have 12 more games to play against each other, including a four-game series that starts two weeks from yesterday in New York. But before that, the Braves obviously need to take care of business as they do have a manageable schedule up until that series against the Mets, along with the fact that over the next two weeks, it'll be interesting to see what potential moves the Braves make when it comes to, you know, mainly bolstering their overall pitching um, uh, lineup, you know, whether it be the starting pitching or the bullpen, seeing if any moves are made for the Braves to get another reliable arm or two, either into the rotation or to the bullpen. As far as the schedule goes, the Braves will be will play three against the Angels, over the weekend, and then they will travel to Philadelphia starting next week for three in Philly. They'll get an off day a week from yesterday, and then they'll welcome Arizona as well as Philadelphia on a five-game homestand that will lead up to that series against the Mets. So the Braves do have five games against the Phillies. They've got three against the Angels, and they've got uh, three against Arizona. The very manageable schedule for the Braves, hopefully the offense will get going You know, right off the bat from where it left off in the first half of the season. But as I mentioned, the Braves are two and a half games behind the Mets currently, you know, starting the second half of the season. But it is a bit comforting to know that while the Braves do have a bit of an uphill battle when it comes to trying to win the NL East, they also have a sizable cushion when it comes to their overall chances of making the playoffs. Right now, the Braves have a six-game lead in the wild card. Right now, they are the first wild card team in the National League, and they have a six-game cushion, you know, between the, their spot in the first wild card and, and being out of the playoffs. So the Braves right now comfortably are in a position to make the playoffs. That doesn't mean they need to rest on their laurels. Obviously, if the Braves were to be able to catch the Mets and get that fifth straight NL East crown, that means that they would have a bye in the playoffs, which obviously you would love to see Atlanta earn. But with the Braves having that cushion right now in the wild card, it does look like the odds are definitely exciting for the Braves in terms of their chances to not only make the postseason, but once again make some noise when they get there. Right now, the Braves, according to Fangrass, have a 97.8% chance of making the playoffs. They have a 34.8% chance of winning the division. But in terms of the Braves' World Series odds, right now, the Braves look to be the, have the fourth best odds to win the World Series, according to Fangrass. The Dodgers are at the top of the list in terms of best odds, then the Astros, then the Mets, then the Braves, and then the Yankees. So it does appear that even though the Braves right now are two and a half games behind the Mets in the division, they are looked at very favorably in terms of not only being able to make the playoffs, but being one of the teams that not only has the best chance at an NL pennant, but also potentially having one of the best chances of winning the World Series. But before we worry about October, and before we worry about the Braves' chances then, the fact is, is that the Braves have a very, very tough test awaiting them tonight when it comes to their first game in the second half of the season. And for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, his name 
is the phenomenal Shohei Otani. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim will be visiting Atlanta for the first time since 2014. And it's pretty exciting, you know, for, for fans of the Braves. You know, the Braves fan base is such a, a fun and marvelous fan base when it comes to their passion for baseball. Obviously, that begins with the Braves, without a doubt. But you also firmly see the appreciation in general that the Braves fan base has for, you know, magnificent players outside of the Braves organization. And any time that the Angels come to a visiting ballpark, it's exciting for that team's fans because you get to see two of the absolute best talents in baseball. Well, hopefully you get to see them in Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Well, unfortunately, I, I guess it's both unfortunate for the Braves fan base, but fortunate for the Braves themselves, they will actually not be facing Mike Trout, who was placed on the 10-day injured list due to a rib cage injury and actually kept him out of the 2021 All-Star game. He was placed on the 10-day injured list over, you know, the All-Star break, so he will not be available to play for the Angels. But the Braves definitely have a very tough obstacle on Friday night as Shohei Otani will be taking the mound for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And Otani is squarely in that AL Cy Young conversation. At the plate, Otani is still definitely a threat, though he has taken you know a relevant step back in terms of his production at the plate this year compared to his MVP pace offensively last year. But Otani has absolutely been dominant all year long on the mound, one of the best pitchers in baseball. The Braves are going to have a very hard time finding consistent opportunities to score against Otani. So when they get the opportunity, they're going to have to take advantage of it. You hope that maybe, you know, they're able to connect for a couple of long balls. We, we've seen, you know, over the past month that the Braves, you know, ability to produce the long ball keeps them in games against tough pitching matchups, even if the offense itself is not performing to the level that you would like it to overall. So perhaps the Braves can tap into their power resources a few times later tonight and be able to get some runs to be able to support Charlie Morton on the mound for Atlanta. So the Braves obviously are going to have a very tough start to the series. But the other interesting aspect for the Braves is how they're aligning their pitching for the start of the second half. Typically what you would see, much like Otani for the Angels, 
is you would see most teams reset their starting pitching rotation to allow for their ace to take them out in the first game. You would see them reset their rotation to start the second half, just like you would see them do that for the start of the season. But instead, the Braves have decided to basically keep their starting rotation in the same order that it was as it was for much of the of the you know last two months or so of the first half of the season. Charlie Morton, whose spot in the rotation would have been up had the Braves not come into the All-Star break, he actually will be pitching the first game of the second half of the season for the Braves. So it'll be Morton on the mound for the Braves on Friday, Kyle Wright on the mound for the Braves on Saturday, and then Ian Anderson on the mound for the Braves on Sunday. And there's a couple of reasons why the Braves likely decided to just keep their starting rotation in the same flow, in the same order that it was, as if there had never been, you know, as if this team had never run into the All-Star break. We noticed that Max Freed had two of the worst starts that he had experienced in the first half of the season, you know, over his two of his last three starts to end the first half. A few things that could have played into that was there was a bit of discomfort in, you know, one of his last starts of the first half of the season. So the Braves could be allowing for Freed to basically get a bit of extra rest to where he would, I believe, have eight days, basically, between starts, and he would get the ball on the mound for the game one of the series against the Phillies. The other reason why the Braves potentially are deciding just to keep the rotation as is instead of resetting it to let... Freed start Friday night and Spencer Strider start Saturday, it's an opportunity to give Spencer Strider one less opportunity on the mound, which is a way to limit his innings. Now, the it's been reported that, you know, Alex Anthopoulos really doesn't have an innings limit, you know, idea for Spencer Strider this season, but it's an opportunity for the Braves to stretch Strider's starts out. We obviously know he struggled in the last start of the first half against the Nationals, so he'll have a few extra days of rest as well. So it'll be Morton, Wright, and Anderson on the mound this weekend for the Braves. Then Freed and Strider will start games one and games two against the Phillies. I think a pretty astute and smart approach by the Braves, giving you know the two arms in the rotation that have arguably been the best the Braves have to offer over the past six weeks, giving them a little bit of extra rest to try to get them back to their dominant selves that we saw for much of June into July. And then again, it's the Braves offense. You know, as I mentioned in, you know, my, you know, three narratives to watch uh, from the Hammer on Wednesday, what's the Braves offense going to look like? And that I'm not meaning that as saying, oh, well, you know, it's, it had a questionable struggling start to the first half of the season. The Braves arguably had the best offense in baseball over the past two months of play. But the reason that I say that it's going to be interesting to see how the Braves offense gets going is you are hoping that both Alex Riley and Dansby Swanson can continue their cam their campaigns that have squarely put both of them in the top eight of the MVP conversation in the National League, in my opinion, so far this season. Can Matt Olson continue his excellent end to the first half of the season? And can Ronald Acuna Jr. find his groove? You know, we saw you know him have a pretty decent you know approach at the plate. You know, during the home run derby as well as the All Star game, can Acuna Jr. build off of that and start playing at his normal form that we're all used to seeing? Once again, I'll make the claim all day long: the Braves' offense right now is among the best, if not the best, 
in Major League Baseball, but we still have not seen it at his best. There still is another level to this Braves offense when you consider the fact that the Braves have not gotten the best out of Ronald Acuna Jr. or Ozzie Albies, who's been out due to injury this season. If Ronald Acuna Jr. can get back to being one of the best overall offensive producers in the game that we've seen him be so many times in his young career so far, this Braves offense then reaches another level, and that is the version of this Braves team that really can compete night in and night out with anybody in the majors, including the Dodgers, the Mets, anybody in the National League. That, to me, is the X factor for the Braves, and that's something that will be great to see. Seeing Ronald Acuna Jr. have some success against the pitcher of the caliber of Otani in the first game of the second half of the season, what a start that would be if Ronald Acuna Jr. could be the difference later tonight in the Braves' ability to get a win. So it's going to be interesting to see, can the back half of the Braves' starting rotation, can Charlie Morton, and Ian Anderson, who have had tough goes of it, who have had tough stretches so far this season, can they get off to a good start to the second half? Can Kyle Wright maintain the success he's had so far this year? And can the Braves offense picked up right where they left off and be able to find success even against someone of Otani's caliber? The interesting thing also for the Angels is that they currently do not have a scheduled starter for Saturday and Sunday, so it'll be interesting to see who they pitch on both those days. You have to hope, obviously, that the Braves will seem to have an easier time of being able to produce runs on Saturday and Sunday than, you know, despite the difficulty they're likely going to have later on tonight. It's going to be fun. It's not every day. You get to see someone to the caliber of a Shohei Otani of the Angels playing in Trist Park, and obviously it's not every day that you get to see an offense like the Braves performing like it has over the past few months. It's great to have baseball back. It's been a lot of fun over the All-Star break. Been a successful All-Star break, not only in terms of the Braves that made the All-Star game, but in terms of the infusion of talent that seems to be coming from the MLB draft into the organization. The best way for the Braves to celebrate it, though, is to get off to a great start to the second half of the season and put themselves in a position to really start challenging the Mets for that division title. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the Road to Atlanta Podcast all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, and across all for, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. My name is Sean Coleman. It's always a pleasure to be with you. We'll be back with you next week here on The Daily Hammer. Daily Hammer.